If you're unfamiliar with James, because it's a short little book, it's very much toward the end, back up from Revelation and uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and Jude, and then you get back to, um, and your Peter's, 1st and 2nd Peter, and then you get back to James. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, and if you are physically able, I want to invite you to stand in honor and reverence for the reading of God's Word today. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and then after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would open it up to us today and open up our hearts through your spirit. And Father, that our hearts which are filled with your presence for those of us that know you, that, God, that they would respond to your word in agreement, uh, in praise, in repentance, in joy, in whatever it is that you're teaching us to do. And you, I know you have many different responses and works today, but help us to understand uh, what you would have us to know and to do about becoming doers of your word. God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I want us to talk about the limits of listening. The limits of listening. I want to begin by saying a few things about uh, just some general truth I hope that we can all agree on about listening. Number one, the world would be a better place if we all listened more, wouldn't it? If everybody listened more, wouldn't the world be a better place? Now, we didn't read this verse, but just up above, James had said in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 19, he said, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Boy, that'd be awesome if everybody did that. If everybody listened more. Parents, can you imagine your kids listening more to you? Amen. All right, kids, here's your chance. Kids, can you imagine your parents listening more to you? Amen. All right, my son... Way to, set, way to set that, Caleb. Okay, uh, I've just undermined it all. I'm, I'm, it's over. All right, right, right. Um, husbands, if your wives listen, no, let's just stop all the amen stuff here. We don't get yourselves in trouble, but uh, some of you, I could tell, we're, we're just ready to, to get yourselves in trouble. But husbands and wives, it'd be great if you all 
Listen to one another more. Bosses, if you're employees, listen more. Employees, if your bosses, listen more. Coaches, if your players, listen more. Players, if your coaches, listen more. Guess what? What if you listen more to everybody around you? That'd be great. The world would be a better place. So, so that's some great stuff. The world would be a better place if we all listened more. The second point is listening is not enough. Listening's not enough. As great as listening is, as awesome as listening is, um, we have to get to this. Go ahead and go forward on the slides a couple. Um, <clears throat> world would be a better place. And here, listening's not enough. So we would, uh, we, we're great if we listen. That's an awesome first step. We all want to be listened to. We all know we should listen more. Um, by the way, do you, do you ever find yourself annoying people when you don't listen? And uh, I don't know, we have this thing around my house, and I'll be reading a book, watching a game, playing on my phone, whatever. And all of a sudden, uh, I, I find out, uh, Denise will say, what did I just say? And I'll say, that's a weird way to begin a conversation. <laughs> no, actually, I will frustrate her so badly because... I will, I will, like, repeat back verbatim everything she just said. Now, I don't know why, but it's like a superpower God gave me to save my life, okay? <laughs> if she hadn't asked me that, I probably would have never heard, comprehended, or what. But, but listening is good. We all need to work on it. Me included. Need to listen, right, Caleb? Okay, so we, we all need to listen more. But it is not enough in and of itself. If we merely listen... If we listen alone, or if we listen and then stop and don't go the further step of doing, James says, don't merely listen and so deceive yourself. When you only listen, there is a sense in which you are lying to yourself. Now, let's talk about what that means. Let's just say that we got a great, somebody besides me, a great, great preacher here, and, and he's got everybody going, and all of you are shouting, amen, hallelujah, Glory, you walk out and you say, Preacher, I felt, I felt so uplifted today. Or you say, Man, you stepped on my toes. Or, you know, and, and, and you listened. Everything that was said, oh, I felt good. I mean, there was just some, I, boy, there was a special presence today at church, you know. Or, and, and you may say all these things, all these catchphrases, they're like, Yes, we did church and it went well. The music was well. Tim shut up in time so Sunday school wasn't cut short. I mean, it was all good. But if you stop there, there is a sense in which you are lying to yourself or deceiving yourself. Why? Because the average Christian feels like, I've succeeded. I've finished. I had a victory. I had a win because I went to church and I felt something. I went to church and I got convicted. I went to church and I felt encouraged. And all of those things are just beginning steps. And when we tell ourselves that we finished, we lie to ourselves. Because James says the purpose of us coming to church, the purpose of us reading our Bible in our quiet time, the purpose of having a devotion with our family or, or some men or some women or whatever, it's not for us to get hyped up and pumped up and say, amen, hallelujah, that's good truth. The point is to take that truth and live it. And if we just stop at the amen, hallelujah, but we never step into doing it in our lives, we have failed. 
And week after week after week in churches all across the world, there are Christians who leave their pews, who walk out of their sanctuaries, and they say, what a great Sunday. Boy, that was true. Boy, I got my toes stepped on. Boy, I was encouraged. Blah, 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 blah. What's lunch? And they forget, and they never do a single thing about the truth that God had had in that, in that worship service for them to take and listen and apply to their lives. Actually do something about. So we have to do, we have to understand listening's not enough. And third general truth here is moving beyond listening to doing avoids tragedy. There's some bad stuff that can happen if we just keep on listening, 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 but never doing, 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 because we get puffed up and we get vain and we think that, uh, you know, that, that we've really done something when in fact we haven't. What this is like is like if you uh, subscribe to Runner's World and you got a subscription to your house and you picked it up and you read it. And you read the perfect 5K plan. And then you read a little bit further, the perfect marathon plan. And then you read a little further, oh, here is the perfect diet for runners. And you took in all this knowledge and you said, ooh, I'm an athlete. I mean, I am something. I'm a champion because I know all about this stuff. And, and we're really, we'd be an idiot if we were like that. And Sadly to say, almost all of us at some point in our life have been spiritual idiots. We've thought that just because we heard the truth, that somehow we've really accomplished something. Hearing the truth is that very first step. I love how he talks about a mirror. James says, listen to this again in verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after go... Uh, looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Imagine that um, you're in a hurry. It's one of these days where everything's gone wrong, you know, and partially you're, you, maybe you overslept and, you know, you can blame that someone else didn't wake you up or whatever, you know, someone else was in the way in the bathroom or, you know, the kids ruined the, their clothes. And I don't know, just whatever, everything's going bad. And, and, and you're in a rush and you're in a hurry. And so you walk out the door and you're on your way to an important meeting somewhere and you walk by a mirror and you just glance at it. And your hands are full and you can't do anything right then, but you glance at the mirror and you happen to notice, I, I don't I mean, you just imagine what all, I don't know, you got a tag or a strap showing, maybe a zipper's unzipped, you know, maybe there's some toilet paper hanging out your pants. I mean, just, you are just really, really embarrassing. And you say, oh, I got to do something about that. But my hands are full. And so you keep going, I, I can't stop to make it to the meeting, but I'm going to fix that before I walk into that meeting with the big boss. And imagine in your stress and in your struggle and in your hurry, you completely forgot. And you walk up into that place, and you're like, I'm wearing my best suit today. And you're feeling completely confident. You think you look great, but you don't. And that's what James says. He's like, you got a glimpse of reality in the mirror, but then you never fixed anything. You never zippered that zipper. You never fixed that tag. You never got things the way they needed to be. 
So that great flash of insight, that great thing of wisdom that you got from the mirror meant nothing because it didn't get fixed in your life. The tragedies of life, that was kind of a funny story, but in reality, it's not so funny. When we've got a serious problem in our character, in our heart, in our soul, in our relationships, in the way we view life, there's a serious problem, and we catch a glimpse of it for a second. Somehow, it bursts through our pride and our arrogance that says, I'm fine, I don't need any help, or I'm not as bad as others. Somehow, the truth breaks through for just a second, and we see it, and we cringe, and we say, okay, I'm going to get to that. But before we know it, we keep moving on with life, and we never address that vital truth that God has shown us about how we need to be more like him. So, so these are general truths. The world would be a better place if we all listen more. Listening's not enough. And, and moving beyond listening to doing avoids tragedy. The question then is, how are we going to do that? I mean, I could stop the sermon right here, and some of you would be great. We'll beat the other folks to lunch or whatever. You know, I could stop right here, and oh, there's my clock. I'm looking at it. I'm seeing it. Uh, and, and you know what? I mean, you've got a message here, and hopefully you've got some stuff to think about that, hey, I should move from listening to doing. But sometimes, though, something that's very simple to say like I should move from listening to doing, is actually a little bit more complicated uh, than just saying it or than just nodding our heads to it. Uh, I hope everybody walks out of this place saying, I'm not going to be just a listener. I'm going to be a listener and a doer. But what I'd like to spend the next few minutes talking about is a plan, a practical way of how we can actually do that. Now, let me just freely say, this is my plan. It's drawn from what I think I see in Scripture, some from this passage and some from some other places. Okay, so there's not a verse 28, 29, 30 that says this, this, this. I believe it's a pretty good plan. You may have a better plan. That's awesome. If you have a better plan, use it. If you like some of my plan and then you want to scratch some and add some other things that I've missed or that work better for you, awesome. The problem, the, the issue is, is, is not that here is the one plan, but the question is, do you have a plan? There's, a, there's an old story about a famous evangelist. Uh, years ago, he was uh, before Billy Graham, but he was kind of the Billy Graham of his day. And someone walked up to him and said, uh, sir, this was D.L. Moody was his name, sir, I don't like your method of doing evangelism. And uh, D.L. Moody said, oh, really? What's your method of doing evangelism? He said, I don't have one. He said, well, I prefer my method of evangelism better than your method of not doing evangelism. So the idea here is, here's a plan. If you got a better one, great. But we all need to have a plan to do better about this. Because I think if we're honest, every single one of us has been in that place where we said, yeah, oh yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, oh, I feel it. Oh, this is awesome. And yet nothing ever changed in our life as a result of God speaking to us in our morning devotion, in something someone said to us, or whatever way God worked his word into our life, we left, we stopped before we were finished. So here's a plan. Here's, here's just a, a general plan. 
It's going to start. There's some stuff between listening and doing, but let's just start with listening. Number one, listening. We need to cultivate being a listener. Even though we're talking about and we're saying, hey, let's move beyond listening, let's not sell it short. We all need work on listening. We all need to think more about how we can be better listeners. Like so many times, I, we're, we're trained not to listen. Have, have you noticed that in life? I mean, we just, we got so much coming at us, you know. I don't recognize that number. I'm not listening to that. Maybe if they leave a message on my, on my phone, I will listen we might, you know, hear two or three words, and we decide, I'm gonna, I'll listen some more. A lot of times, nah, this isn't for me. I mean, we are used to tuning out. And if it's someone about your extended car warranty, I think that's okay. But if it's God, we need to turn on special listening ears. We need to be more prepared to listen to what God has to say to us. Second thing is to agree with God. To listen and then to agree with God. So this moves beyond just saying, I've heard what you said, God, to God, you're right. That's true. Amen. Literally, amen means uh, so be it. That is, yes, God, what you said, I agree. You know the word confess? You know what, what confession means? I mean, most of the time, we think about it in terms of confession being, I admit I did something wrong. But the more technical definition is to agree with. So when the Bible says that you confess Jesus is Lord, you agree with God that Jesus is your Lord. He has the right to be your master. He has the right to tell you whatever and that you are his servant and you are to humbly follow him. So when I confess Jesus is Lord, I put myself in my place. No one else has to. I choose to acknowledge, God, you are Lord. I am not. You are the creator. I'm just the creature. God, I agree with you. I didn't just listen to what you said, God. I'm agreeing with what you said. Your word is truth. And so remember last week when we were talking about stuff that Satan does and his schemes and strategies, and we talked about how he tries to get us mixed up his number one thing is about deceiving us. And by the way, notice the whole deceiving theme. And again, not just Satan deceives us, but we can deceive ourselves. But here's the thing about truth. When we agree with God, we don't just say, well, that's your truth, God. We said, God, that is the truth. What you said, what you spoke, Lord, that is truth. And I agree with it. We move beyond agreement then to submission to God. Now, this is the point where we say, God, not only is that true, but I'm going to do it. If you don't like that submission word, use the word yield, use the word, you know, surrender, whatever word you want to. But this goes, I've heard what you said, God. I agree with what you said. And God, I'm actually surrendering. I'm submitting. Not only do I know it and not only do I agree that it's right, God, I'm actually choosing to do it. Let's be honest, there's a lot of us who have made messes for ourselves in our life when we've gone a certain direction and we knew God said I shouldn't do that. Mm, I still keep walking in that path. You know, what, you, you know what God says is true, yes. God said it, and it's true, but I still want to go in this direction. 
And we end up falling off the cliff. We end up in a mess. So we have to come to that further point beyond listening and agreeing to submitting and say, God, you are Lord. And because you're Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk in your ways and in your paths. Next, seek God's strength. Seek God's strength. This is an idea of depending on God. This is the idea that we admit to God and we acknowledge to ourselves and remind ourselves that all the stuff that God tells us to do as Christians is pretty much impossible on our own. It is only through looking to God and depending on his power, his spirit to strengthen us that we can actually accomplish the things he tells us to do. Because the stuff he says in this word, you know, even though a lot of it is very clear and understandable, just because you can understand it doesn't mean you can do it. The thing is, if we don't look to God and acknowledge his strength and acknowledge that he's the source of our strength and our power, then we become self-righteous. We become moralist, legalist, who walk around looking at, yes, I know what's right. Yes, I'm going to do what's right. I'm better than everybody else. I, I am right and everybody else is wrong. We get puffed up and again, arrogant. It's a second. Remember, we've already had this danger of being arrogant just because you heard the word and thinking you've done something. But then there's this other idea of I'm trying to do, I'm doing everything in my own strength. So I'm awesome. I'm righteous. I'm spiritual. And of course, that's a lie. <laughs> the only righteousness we have is the righteousness that God has covered us with of his son, Jesus Christ, for those of us who believe. That's our source of righteousness. And so we have to seek God. We have to say, God, I can't do this without you. All right. By the way, I'm kind of giving you these things in a certain order. They don't have to exactly be in this order. I mean, like if you think about this one, this should be all through it. We should be constantly saying, God, I need you. I need your strength. I need your power. I can't do this on my own. But God, because of you, I can. So again, just like you may have a better strategy, you may have a better way of ordering these than, than I do. But I'm just kind of trying to give them to you. Fifth, plan your obedience. Plan your obedience. This is, this is where a lot of folks have come a long way. They've said, I'm listening, Lord. Oh, I heard what you said, Lord, and it's true. God, I agree with what you said. And, and, and God, I even know that I can't do this without you. And they do all those things, and they've come this far, and yet they go that far, and something else comes, they let something else come along. They move on to something else. And they've never made a practical plan or strategy to change things in their life. And so what was a great idea and what they were totally pumped about and what they really sincerely meant in their life, they never did. It stayed at that wish or desire or hope level and never became practical and concrete because they didn't think of a way that I'm going to actually do something about this. Now, occasionally stuff is, is super simple. You know, if you read a verse that says, stop hurting one another, stop being violent. Okay, okay, all right, <laughs> I, I'm going to stop that. And maybe, you know, maybe you're going to remember that all on your own, possibly, maybe. But the truth is, we forget. We get distracted. We get, we get caught up in other things, and, and we miss out what God has for us 
because we don't ever make a plan of practical implementation. That is, we don't take God's word and meditate and think about, God, how can I actually apply this to my life? How can I make it practical? That should be one of those thoughts every time in your quiet time, when you're listening to a preacher on the radio or a podcast uh, message or, or when you hear a, in a Sunday school and you hear something and something just touches your heart and it's like, oh, that's good. You should instantly be thinking, along with these other things we've talked about, you should be thinking, that's good. Now, how do I do that? How do I work that into my daily schedule? How do I work that into my life where it becomes real and practical? And then finally, simply be a doer. Take that plan, that strategy that you submitted to God. You said, God, I'm doing my best, but I know I can't do it without you. God, I need you. Be a person of action. One final thing I want to mention today. If you go back and you look at this, these verses again, it talks about the word that's been implanted in your heart. This word that God has put there. In the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, verse 33, the prophet was looking forward to what God was going to do in a new era when the Messiah had come. And he says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel at that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. When you become a believer, God does something special in you. He does far more than just changing your eternal destination. He changes who you are, your complete identity right now. You become a child of the king. He does so many things. One of those things is he puts his law on your heart. So when it's not, this is not about, hey, do everything the preacher tells you or the Sunday school teacher tells you or the evangelist tells you. No, you do those things that God has written on your heart. And so when you hear the word, whether you're reading it yourself or with a group or hearing it preached or you're discussing it, and your heart is touched. That's kind of like a deja vu kind of thing because God already wrote it there. And when someone is reminding you of what God wrote on your heart and say, mm, yes, that's good. And that's God's sign to you. His spirit speaking to you when you feel that and you know that, boy, that is powerful. That is true. That is something. You know, that is his word for you to say, yeah, wake up. I, this is already on your heart, but I've refreshed it. I've brought this into your circumstance and your situation because I want you to do something about it. I want you to go beyond just saying, oh, that's cool. That's neat. That's touching to saying, yes, God. What you said is true. Yes, God, I surrender to your will. Yes, God, I, I I'm going to yield. I'm going to obey. I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge I can only do it with you. I'm going to do my best to make a plan and carry it out and to be a doer. So don't, 
just listen. Definitely listen, but don't just listen. But God says, go beyond mere listening and become a doer. And if that strategy helps, great. If you got a better one, awesome. But find a way to obey God but from moving by moving from just listening to doing. Would you bow with me, please? Lord God, you are so good to us. You are, you are so kind to us. Lord, there's so many reasons why none of us should be God. None of us could be God. But one of the greatest is we don't have the mercy. We don't have the grace. We don't have the compassion that you do. God, nobody but you would put up with me for as long as you have. God, you keep on instructing patiently. God, you keep on disciplining when you need to, to get my attention. God, you keep on forgiving and you, you keep on wooing and drawing us closer to you. And God, I pray that today that all of us would listen to your call, that we would be wooed by that love that you have for us, that we would draw closer to you by listening deeply to your word, but then by following through and doing the word in your strength and in your power so that we become more like your son Jesus and you receive glory. That's our prayer today. And Lord, in this time we have, a, as we sing a hymn of response, Lord, I pray we just take a second, take a moment and consider how are we going to respond to you and what you've taught us through the word that you've implanted on our hearts today. God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.